Hi, I'm Sherry Minardi and I'm a photographer in the Algoma District. I'm happy to be here at the Borderline here in Sault Ste. Marie. Thank you for having me. Creatives. Creatives. Your host, Marnie Stone. Welcome to Creatives, Sherry Minardi. Well, thank you, Marnie Stone. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful that you took time out of your extremely busy schedule, capturing amazing images all over Algoma. Your work is so, so beautiful. Tell me about how it all came about, your photography career. Well, when I was still teaching, I used photography as an outlet for stress. And I've always enjoyed taking photographs. And um, we bought some property on St. Joseph Island at Twin Lakes, and we were clearing it. And our first little building, of course, was the most important building, the outhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and my husband was finishing it up, and he yelled, Sherry, get your camera. Uh, we had my dad's old hunt trailer we were staying in until we could start to build. And there were two fawns down in the underbrush behind the outhouse. And uh, because um, the white-tailed deer does will leave their fawns for the day um, hidden, so uh, you know coyotes and wolves won't get them. Right. And one of them peeked up, and uh, I took a picture of it. Well, I showed a few people, and they said, "That's beautiful. I would buy that." And I said, "Well, no, you know, I don't sell my work." And they said, "You should." So eventually, um, art, not art at the docks, um, art in the park here right. in Sault Ste. Marie got a hold of me and said, why don't you frame a few images and give it a try? And I thought, what the heck? I have all these pictures that I think are beautiful. I don't know if anybody else thinks they're beautiful. And they're sitting on my computer um, and no one has seen them. So I think I did about um, 12 to 15 frame prints and I sold all but one. Wow! I couldn't believe it and I thought, okay, well this would be fun. So I just plugged away at it and did a few shows while I was teaching. And then when I retired from teaching, I already hit the ground running and uh, I love what I do. Wow. Um, I don't do it to sell, I, I do it to meet people mm -hmm. and to share the love of the outdoors. Oh, that's so that's how it started. So my very first image I ever sold was called Peekaboo Fawn, and it was the fawn that was behind the outhouse. Oh, yeah. what a beautiful moment and yeah. a great memory to have captured. Yeah, and on our own property too, mm -hmm. which was so nice. So that's how it all began. So was that would that have been back in the day when we were still using film, or was that a digital? Uh, digital. It was yes. digital yes. since then too. Did you ever work in film? Uh, just for personal family photos, and I'm glad it's digital now because I delete a lot more than I keep. Yes. <laughs> I hear you. I and remember back in the day <laughs> taking the, the rolls of film and just praying when you went to pick them up that there was going to be at least one or one. two. We just want one good. that wasn't blurry. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so no, um, I've worked mainly in digital, and I really respect those who work in film because I can't even imagine how much I would have spent to get one good image because the images people see... Um, it's more than one image. Uh, I know a bobcat that I finally got to see, not the recent one, but the, my first one about uh, two or three years ago. Um, I took about 160 images wow. and only one turned out where the eyes were clear because I was shooting through a, a thicket. 
uh, where it was hiding and so it was hard to to just get the eyes uh, it must correct. be almost like the thrill of the chase to be able to find all of these creatures in their natural habitat and for you the patience that you must have to await for the right moment to capture these amazing animals I love it. I've been raised hunting and fishing from the time I could breathe. My parents were both outdoors people with hunting licenses and fishing licenses. And as soon as we could get our hunting licenses and our fishing licenses, you know, all three of, all three of us did, my two brothers and myself. Um, and it was about, well, I started selling my work in 2013, but before that I started to really get more of a thrill using a camera. And it is, I hunt exactly with my camera the way I hunt with my gun. Interesting. Yeah, and it's the thrill of the hunt. And and I thrive on it. And I thrive even more now because I leave all of my animals alive yes. and doing well. Um, and when I hunted, I only hunted partridge and moose. I hunted moose with my father. Uh, but after um, finding a, a cow moose and a calf in Algonquin Park, literally meters from us and watching them for over half an hour across the pond, I looked at my husband, I had tears coming down my face because she was so gentle with her her calf and I said, I'm never hunting again. Oh, that was the turning point there. Yeah, it was the turning point. Uh, I'll still go out with birds every once in a while, but even then, I, I, it's not the same as using my camera. So do you use like tracking techniques? Are you looking for certain markings for, um, for time of day or tracks in yes, the, in the, the earth and yeah right so it's very precise and very calculated isn't it exactly um, well ever since I was little my father taught me tracking techniques to tell the difference between a moose and a deer and then uh, especially with the, the age of the deer right and you can tell a fawn track as opposed to a, a doe or a bull um, or a buck, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then um, I go on workshops once a year with other photographers, and I'm learning more tracking techniques. I buy books and read up on tracking techniques. Um, I also belong for, for birding on eBird, which is a scientific platform that's used all over North America, and I use it wherever I travel, and I watch there where people are seeing things as well. We all watch each other. Fun. <laughs> yeah, and um, to go into different locations, but the main thing, you, I work very hard at what I do, as a lot of photographers do. Um, um, I, you get to know the habitat of your animal or your bird, the time of day it might be the most active, um, yeah, some of the times that you're out too, you're you're in the middle of the night. Yes, you know you're getting up two, three o'clock in the morning to go and, and get a perfect shot. Aren't yeah, you? especially for astrophotography, I love astrophotography. I do a lot of it, and um, I I have apps as well where I'm watching the weather and the solar flares for the aurora borealis. We just had another strong one. Finally, the last really strong aurora borealis we had was in 2014. Uh, my husband and I were out on Lake Superior by Red Rock, and uh, it was magical. Um, I bet. Yeah. And your was... moon shots are incredible, oh. <laughs> too. Every time I try and capture the moon, I always have this thought of Sherry Minardi's 
post tomorrow is going to be so <laughs> fabulous of her moon, of the moon. <laughs> uh, thank you. No, I just thrive in astrophotography, and I go out in the middle of the night all by myself. Away I go, and I bought a car with a sunroof, so if it's a, more of a remote area, and I can hear the wolves howling and the coyotes, I stay in my car. But I go up through the sunroof roof. Oh, that's a great caps. idea. Yeah, I was thinking it's that. a Canadian safari car. <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. I was I was had that thought. Um, have you ever been in a situation where you were really afraid? No, um, but I have had wildlife come up to me. Uh, example, out at Red Rock in 2014, um, I had my camera set up on a timer on a tripod and had my husband out on the ice and uh, because the aurora was so strong, you could see the colors to the naked eye, which is rare. Usually your uh, sensor on your camera will pick up the colors more because people will say, well, it doesn't look like what I saw. Mm -hmm. Well, because you're doing long exposure, it picks up the colors. But in 2014, um, it was just spectacular and you could see the purples and the pinks and the, wow. the greens and a hint of blue to the naked eye so I'm running back and forth with this timer and we're taking a picture of us holding hands kind of like a silhouette with the aurora and um, I stayed out there for a minute my husband went back and uh, we had headlamps on and my husband yelled out, uh, Sherry, there's a huge fox standing right <laughs> beside you. <laughs> just thought you might want to know. And I turned and my headlamp went right into its face and it was like a dog just looking up at me. And silly me, I said, shoo, shoo, go back to where you belong. And I thought, wait a minute, the fox is where it belongs. I'm where I do not belong. <laughs> but it did back up a little bit. I wasn't scared of it. Um, you could tell it probably had been hand fed from people in the area. Uh -huh which uh, I'm totally against. Um, I'm an ethical wildlife photographer. Uh, the only thing I feed is through bird feeders <laughs> for birds, mm -hmm. um, but I don't feed wildlife or bait uh, birds of prey at all. So that worries me because those animals now, if they hurt somebody, someone will put them down, unfortunately, right. when it wasn't their fault. So. I haven't really been scared. I've been hunting and I've had bear uh, come right up to me and near me as long as you leave a fairly wide berth and there's no cubs nearby and you just back and up you're slowly, safe. you're safe. It's pretty, it's pretty mm -hmm. good. I've been fortunate, knock on wood, so far. Yeah. Thank so, goodness. Yeah. Do you have somewhere, a destination in mind that would be a dream location for you to shoot in the world? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> I definitely want to get to Greenland um, and Iceland up in, in that area. Mm -hmm. Australia's always been on my, mm. my list. And I think the top one would be Africa. Oh. I, I would love to do a safari and uh, be able to get some of the lions and the giraffes. And oh, that would be spectacular. Yeah, yeah. I just got back from Cuba and... Um, I didn't bring my big lens. I wish I had, but I wasn't sure with the border issues. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't want to get in trouble and have to leave a huge wildlife lens behind. Right. Uh, they're very expensive. So at our resort in Keokoko, every morning I would get up, go down to the beach, reserve our, our uh, seats for the day, and then I would do a, an hour walk uh, to the lagoons to oh, the left and right. fantastic. I was giddy. Um, I got so many wonderful birds and I did fairly well with just bringing my little um, traveling lens. Um, well, we saw all kinds of pelicans and uh, caracock. how do you say that correctly, caracocka, it's a, um, um, a 
bird of prey in Cuba. Mm -hmm. We saw the Cuban hawk. Um, it was exciting. I bet. Yeah. So I would love to go back to Cuba strictly just for birding because there are many other places on the islands that oh. I didn't get to. Uh, there's a few different owls in Cuba, and I wasn't in an area where these owls would be. So well, it's I make easy the best to get though. back. Oh, definitely. I, I bird. It doesn't matter where I go. We go to Southern Ontario about every three or four months to see our granddaughter, and I make sure I get a couple days birding in there as well. It's fun. It's Absolutely. adventurous. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and the images that you capture are just spectacular. I've noticed too, uh, your work in the last little while. You've branched out into using a drone. Yes, I have a, a drone. I've had it now for about five or six years. Um, I have my basic drone license. Mm -hmm. I always kid around, I could fly a plane now. <laughs> it took me three months uh, to really study hard for that. Um, but I just use it for my personal work. I get calls quite a bit. People want me to um, use it for either some real estate photography or for their homes and I don't um, because there's so many liabilities and the insurance is expensive mm. and there's lots of wonderful commercial drone photographers here in the Sioux who I will refer to right but I love the perspective of a drone because I said if I ever came back in afterlife I'd want to be an eagle well yes. I don't have to leave yet <laughs> I can use my drone and uh, get the perspective of an eagle and especially I love it in the fall and winter I do a lot of drone work up on the North Highway up Lake Superior it's just spectacular the ice formations uh, even though we haven't had ice caves uh, in the spring or in the fall the ice formations are just spectacular and they're on my website if you, you oh, look up the drone I photography. have seen them on your site for yeah, sure it's yeah. spectacular and we've not made it up there ourselves personally mm -hmm. to see those ice caves, but it's mm -hmm. definitely on the radar to I'm explore. hoping the last two years we haven't really had any. Uh, Lake Superior is not freezing over with climate change, so I'm hoping maybe this is just a pause and it'll come back. Um, We'll see. Yeah. So I hope so because it's exciting. Uh, you're out there on your snowshoes and you're like a little kid again, exploring in and out of the caves. And uh, we haven't been able to do that for three years now just because Superior isn't freezing over. Right. They're just magical. I remember seeing some images that you had captured too that one year that the lake did freeze and mm. everyone went out skating. Oh, that was something else. And you else. could see the sand underneath the the ice. That was so beautiful. You, you captured some incredible, incredible images, oh. Thank you. Yeah, um, when I first started photography, people said you should stick to one genre. And I thought, oh, no, <laughs> I'm not doing this for the business side of it. I'm doing it for self-gratification, the excitement of it all. So it doesn't matter if it's wildlife or landscape or macro photography or astrophotography. So when that flash freeze hit, Again, I had my start drone the car. Up. Start the car. <laughs> we literally booted up the highway and we skated. And I took lots of photos and waited till sunset as well and got the drone out a little bit. And oh, it was magical. It was absolutely magical. And you were on it. You ha you were there. You spent the whole day. Mm -hmm. You captured so many incredible images that that time it was beautiful oh thank you it's uh, a little easier when we live in such a beautiful place mm, we're so lucky aren't we very fortunate mm -hmm. well thanks so much sherry for taking time again to speak with me today keep uh, doing what you're doing it's uh, such a beautiful art and we're very lucky to have you in our fine city as a, a creative 
contributor. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Hi, I'm Sherry Minardi, and I'm a photographer in the Algoma District, uh, mainly in Sault Ste. Marie and down towards St. Joseph Island. You can find my work at sherryminardi.com. I'm happy to be here at the borderline here in Sault Ste. Marie. Thank you for having me. There comes a time in every storm when all the colors mount together. Music on this program by Phil Mantello, Rusty McCarthy, Ray Bonneville, and the Granola People. This program is made possible by the creatives of Sault Ste. Marie and Algoma, and with the support of the Artesian and Art Hub at Spring in downtown Sault Ste. Marie. Creatives. Creatives.